I want to read just a couple of passages, and I didn't have a chance to get anybody to help me on this. So I'll go ahead and do it if you don't mind. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I want you to look at verse 21. Therefore, and I'll tell you what the word therefore is there for in a moment, okay? <laughs> therefore, uh, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours and you're Christ and Christ is God's. In other words, all things are yours and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God, okay? That's what Paul's telling the Corinthian Christians. Now, why does he say uh, don't judge anyone? Well, it's in chapter 4, verse 5 of 1 Corinthians, therefore, there's that word again. And the word therefore is always there to show you something is therefore to connect. In other words, something's been said, therefore, this is a conclusion. And the conclusion of verse 5 is this. Therefore, judge nothing, or we could say nobody. In other words, don't say Paul's the best, Peter's the best, uh, Cephas, you know, don't say, or Apollos is the best. Don't say that. You know Why? Because nobody in this room knows who's the best, really, in the eyes of God. Now, here's why. Therefore, judge nobody or nothing before the time until the Lord comes. Why? Here it is. Who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. In other words, we don't judge who's the best because we don't know. It's the heart that determines who's the best. And nobody can know the heart, the motive, what drives a person, except God. I mentioned Fred Cherry, a Baptist evangelist, Reed Burleson, an alcoholic. Do you know that neither of them will stand in the presence of God being judged on the basis of one being an alcoholic and the other being a preacher? They will stand before the Lord one day with all the motivations of their heart revealed in the presence of the Father who knew their heart, changed their heart, gave them a new heart, and they stand totally accepted in the presence of the Father. Therefore, Paul is saying, don't be too quick to say, mmm, he's a godly man, or mmm, she's a godly woman. No one knows whether we're really godly except the one who knows our heart. Is that, is that understood? All right, now, let me just share with you another passage, John chapter 6. Jesus has got a bunch of people, 5,000 men. Now, with the women and children, if you were included, and they didn't in that culture, women and children didn't count. Some people say, let's go back to that culture. I say, well, if you know the Lord Jesus, you can't. Because in the kingdom of God, everybody counts, okay? Uh, there is no male or female bond or slave and so on and so forth. But notice what he says. In John chapter 6, uh, there was a young lad who had five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many? There were probably 5,000 men and women, or 5,000 men, probably 20,000 if you counted the women and the children. Okay? Probably about 20,000. Jesus said, make the men sit down. In other words, put the men in a group. Now, that meant their women and children were with them. And there were probably maybe 100 groups of 50 because they put them in groups of 50 men. Probably 100 groups altogether. Jesus took the loaves when he had given thanks. 
He gave thanks. He held it up, the loaf of bread. Gave thanks. We call it a blessing or a saying grace. Okay? And uh, he distributed the disciples, and disciples said to them that were set down, likewise the fish he, they took. When they were filled, in other words, they all ate fish and bread till it came, were running out their ears, and they gathered up the fragments Jesus told them that remained so that nothing be lost. Twelve baskets uh, full were of the fragments of the five barley loaves and the uh, fish, two fish remained. And those men, when they had seen the miracle Jesus did, and I suppose the women and children did too, this is of truth, the prophet that should come into the world. Now, how in the world do you connect those two passages of Scripture? That's why we're here this morning. I'm going to connect them for you, okay? Now, I want to begin by just a brief review. You remember... I kept saying last week, Acts 2.20, it's not, it's Acts 2.22. Acts 2.22, Jesus did miracles, wonders, and signs. Miracles, if you remember, reference the actions or the activity of God, where he introduced a cause with a brand new effect in the natural realm. And it was God himself who introduced a cause with a, with a different effect than the natural realm would have known under the guidance of the gravity, law of gravity, you know, the laws of the natural realm and all that kind of thing. But Jesus worked miracles, introducing new causes with new effects. And that was a wondrous thing. The word miracle means the activity of God. The word wonder means the awesomeness of God. Wow, what an event when Jesus worked those miracles. And then, of course, the signs uh, meant the authentication of God. In other words, the signs were a testimony God really is present in Jesus Christ. And the Gospel of John is a record of seven signs or miracles that were a testimony of the fact that God was in Christ. We've looked at that. We looked at the two realms, the the natural realm, the supernatural realm. Both are in existence. Okay, we can't see living in the natural realm. We're not equipped yet to see into the supernatural realm. Once in a while, God will split the curtain and allow us to see into the supernatural realm. Uh, You know, uh, when Stephen was stoned, he saw in the supernatural realm, Jesus standing at the throne of God and so on as he was stoned to death. That shows that the two realms are not separated by distance because he didn't have a telescope. They're separated by dimension. It's a different dimension. It's a whole different level of dimension, the supernatural realm is. The natural realm is our natural dimension. One of these days, the natural realm is going to be done away with. We'll all who know the Lord Jesus be redeemed with a new body of supernatural material living in the supernatural realm and those two realms will have come together into the final which is the supernatural realm where God is present and we're present with him in a supernatural way okay now what I'm going to do this morning is not so much as exegetical as I lead you into the final study on this living naturally in a supernatural world I'm not going to do exegesis, that is, take a passage and draw out of it. 
the truth that is in that passage as much as it's going to be a testimonial kind of study for us. I'm going to give you a little bit of my story, a little bit of my journey. And from my story, I want to help us understand a little more of how we live naturally in the natural world and the supernatural world by virtue of our knowing the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now, before I do, I want to mention this. I didn't do this last week. I think basically there are two categories of miracles. Jesus did in all of the scriptures about 37 miracles where a new cause with a new effect was introduced in the natural world. And that was God working, okay? He did it in and through Christ 37 times that are recorded. Now, not all of the things he did and said were recorded. In fact, the last verse of the last chapter of the Gospel of John says, if everything that Jesus had said and done had been recorded, the world wouldn't be able to contain the books. Amen. Okay? So whatever is recorded in this book that we call the Bible is really double dog important. Why? Because it's chosen out of all the things Jesus said and all the things Jesus did for us to have a record of and the Holy Spirit to illuminate it and give us some understanding about it all. Okay? So one of the things I've noticed in this study of miracles that Jesus did is that there are two categories. One is a category of what he did miraculously and then it continued in a natural way. For example, when the birth of Jesus was announced and the conception of Mary supernaturally, when the, she was breathed upon by the Holy Spirit and she conceived supernaturally, new cause, new effect. So that Joseph wasn't the cause of that baby Jesus. The Holy Spirit was the cause of the baby Jesus, okay? New cause, new effect. But from conception on, it was a natural event. In other words, Mary's body got a little big. There was a birth canal. Jesus was born naturally in the stall on that first Christmas morning. Don't get the idea that there weren't tears and pain involved in the birth of Jesus. There was. Now, I know the song for Christmas says, no crying did he make, but I don't think so. I don't think that's quite the way we're to see the birth of Jesus. If Jesus cried at the death of Lazarus, which is a very human, natural thing, Lazarus was a good friend, okay? Now, he was crying, maybe because of the unbelief of the people, too, but he wept. Am I right? Amen. Why do we think he didn't weep the first day he was born? I really don't think, with all due respect to the Christmas carol writers, I don't think they got it right there. But I sing it anyway. Why? Because I love them. And I like to sing them. But the birth of Jesus 
was as natural as any birth a man or a human being could experience other than the conception. Why? Because Jesus was fully man, but he was also fully God. Am I right there? And so those, those are some of the miracles where there was a new cause and a new effect, and then things went on kind of naturally. Then there was a category of where there were things, new cause and new effect, that are not ever in the natural realm. They will only be in the supernatural realm. Like when he split the curtains and an angel stepped in and talked to Mary. Do you know that you and I will have conversations with angels in a supernatural way every moment, although there are no moments in time and eternity, every bit of eternity that we live, we'll have conversations with angels. Do you remember when Paul was caught up into the third heavens? And he could not speak of what he experienced. He couldn't record it. Now, he couldn't find words to do it also. But there's something about the supernatural realm that you cannot put in categorical terms in the natural way. And so uh, in the miracles are sometimes supernatural events that have no connection with the natural. Okay? But one day in the supernatural realm... We'll live in the midst of those kind of miracles because they're just as normal as night and day in the natural realm. Now, those are two categories of miracles that Jesus performed. And if you don't quite understand that, uh, don't worry. I understand why you don't. I'm not real good at explaining it, but it's so perfectly fitted in my mind, I'm a little surprised that I can't make it clearer, okay? And I apologize for that. But anyway... Uh, today we're going to look at living naturally in the supernatural realm. Now I want to begin by telling you my story, and it's not a pretty picture. Uh, not much of what I've lived through has been very pretty. Uh, we're celebrating our 60th, that's 6 zero, 60th anniversary Tuesday, and I'm writing a little thing about Mary. One of the things I'm saying it is, the biggest thing I can say about it is she survived me. Okay? That's miraculous. That's miraculous. Uh, I wish I could give testimony about me that would be a little more palatable and a little more wonderful. I can't. And I'm not even going to start back. I wasn't raised in church. My dad was an alcoholic. I didn't even go to church until I was nearly a teenager. I'm not even going to start back there. I started pastoring when I was, uh, I, I was called to my first pastorate when I was 17 years old. Um, I pastored for over 40 years. But the story I'm going to start telling you is not before all that began. I didn't do too well in the middle of all this ministry and pastoring and wonderful preacher stuff and all that. kind. I mean, I had my times. For example, in the mid-80s, I was 45 years old. My body was deteriorating. I'd had two heart attacks. My dad died at 56. My sister died at 47. He had five brothers who died all in their late 50s, early 60s of the same heart disease that I have. And the doctor informed me that I, uh, he did a couple of angiograms. They didn't work. Now, we didn't know it for a while. And he put me on oat bran muffins. <laughs> Any of you familiar with oat bran muffins? Back in the day, oat bran muffins were a miracle drug. 
And if you ate enough oat bran muffins in your heart and your cardiac uh, problems would be solved immediately. I was traveling at the time. I wasn't pastoring. I was traveling full time. And Mary loaded me down with oat bran muffins. I got on American Airlines with a bag of oat bran muffins. I ate oat bran muffins till they were running out my ear. To this day, I hate oat bran muffins. I did it for a year and my cholesterol went up 17 points. Because my cholesterol problem is a liver thing, not a diet thing. That's diet is all, but it, mine's basically a liver. It's a genetic thing. So they put me on a certain kind, and this got it down now. Last time it was a 126, so don't worry. I'm living good without oat bran muffins, all right? But I got up to six miles a day jogging, trying my best, and they finally announced not doing it. We're going to have to do it. Triple bypass. And I mean 45 years old. And here I am trying to provide for my family and do ministry and all. I mean, I was down. I had just finished a ministry. By the way, we had a fabulous ministry, the one before it. I mean, years of miracles and wonders and signs. I'm, I'm almost literal in that. Then I was in a ministry where nobody liked me. I mean, they just did. Oh, now some did. The peripheral people really loved me, but the power structure couldn't stand me. I was too charismatic. We were in Tulsa. Rama School was there. They were scared of Rama students. I'm not scared of anybody who appreciates the work of the Spirit. I may not agree with them on everything that we view as the gifts of the Spirit and so on, but the fact is I'm not afraid of the work of the Holy Spirit and won't reject any of it if I know he's in it. Amen? Is that an amen? And so, But the power structure in this church, I love them, but they couldn't stand me. They asked for him for breakfast. And I'd go have breakfast, thinking we were going to fellowship. But they wanted to pick my brain, not about something that they're interested in, but why I'm doing so-and-so. It's going to attract charismatics and so on. And I finally got to a place when they called, take me to breakfast. I said, uh, now, look, if we're going to fellowship, I'll go. But if you're going to pick my brain about some problem, then come to the office. We'll do it there. And, well, it worked for a while. But anyway, uh, this was after the greatest ministry you've ever experienced. It was almost as if God said, now look, big boy, if I can give you a blessing in ministry, then you're also going to need to take some lessons in tough ministries. And I took them. Now, the great thing was they loved Mary. I mean, they loved Mary. Now, I loved them for that, okay? But they couldn't stand me, all right? I left there to travel full time. In fact, I told the Lord, Lord, if you'll let me leave, I'll travel anywhere on the globe. And I did. For six years, I traveled, conference ministry and so on. The Lord permitted it. But I will admit, I'd got down. I mean, I was, I was depressed. I was down under. It was not an easy thing. One day, the former uh, chairman of the pulpit committee of the church that I pastored in Fort Worth where all these miracles had taken place for years and growth beyond comprehension uh, sent me a set of tapes and they were from the pastor of the church that he was attending in Orlando, Florida. I'd never heard of this guy. Didn't know him from Adam. Uh, now I knew, I mean, he 
was pastor of uh, the Assembly of God Church in Orlando, but uh, uh, that's where Adair and Carol were going. And so he sent me the tapes, and I listened to them. They blew me away. Living naturally in the supernatural. Does that sound familiar? Those tapes revolutionized my life in a fashion that had only been done two or three different times. Now, Mark Rutland was the pastor. He later became president of Oral Roberts University and still, to this day, is one of the greatest preachers I've ever heard. That afternoon, after I'd listened to two or three of them, I was in Ohio in a meeting on Sunday afternoon when I listened to two or three of them. I decided I'm going to call him and thank him. Never met him. Never heard of him before. Called him on the phone. Sunday, probably wouldn't be there. I'd do it later. He answered the phone. I said, Dr. Rutland. He said, I'm Mark. I said, oh, Mark, I'm Paul. Yeah, what can I do for you? I said, nothing, you've done it. He said, what do you mean? I told him. Afterwards, he said, well, that's, a, that's such a blessing to me. And I said, and then I'm going to put the strawberry on the shortcake. And he said, what's that? I said, I'm a Baptist preacher. <laughs> he said, that is a strawberry. <laughs> From that day forward, now I'm not giving you, I've, this is my story, it's not Mark Rutland's, but he launched me into it. And I want to tell you, what happened to me from that day on. Because I began to learn what it was to live naturally in the supernatural. Now, it started with me coming to a life passage. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21 through 23. Some people have a life verse. I do. Philippians 3.23. But this is my life passage. And it begins by saying this. Therefore... All things are yours. And he begins to list them. Paul, Peter, Apollos, pastors that you've had. I've had a few pastors and men in my past that have been a blessing to me. You know, uh, Mark Rutland, I just told you about one of them. Okay. All of those are yours. But then he doesn't stop there. He goes on to mention life and death. Things that are present in your life. Things that are yet to come in your life. All things are yours. Wow. And you belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to God. I began to understand what it was to celebrate the reality of God, not in some new cause and effect way, although those are possible. But I began to learn what it was to celebrate the reality of God in all things. Why? Because they are mine. Gifts from God. And I belong to Christ and Christ belongs to the Father. Therefore, I am in the family to the Father, a son as is my elder brother. Okay? Now, I want to illustrate for you what I'm talking about, and it'll help us out. Let's go, first of all, to John chapter 6 and look at uh, that miracle, uh, first of all, okay? John chapter 6. Uh, you'll notice there has to do in that miracle something of a natural circumstance. 
Very natural. Can't get any more natural than this. Yeah. All these people are hungry. And Jesus said, what have we got? And they say, oh, nothing. In fact, the only thing we got, this boy with loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus said, uh, take it. Okay? And the scripture says, he blessed it. Now watch this. Would you agree with me that that bread and that fish was a natural thing? Amen. Okay? Someone planted the seed, the sun and the rain came, the soil produced the seed, the grain was grown, the grain was harvested, the, the harvest grain was ground into flour, the flour turned into meal, and the meal turned into bread. Is all that a natural event? Amen. Okay? Somebody uh, put a hook on a pole, put a little bit of bait on that hook, took that pole and threw it into the water and fish were caught and fish brought out. That's a totally natural thing. Now, Jesus takes the natural, the natural circumstances, and he blesses it. The word he gave thanks is literally uh, uh, the word which uh, means charisma or charis, uh, charis, charis is the root word of that, which means grace or thanksgiving with your whole heart. So Jesus took that and had a spiritual moment. Okay? He took the natural, the bread and the fish, and had a spiritual moment with it. If you, if you see what I'm saying, say amen. Okay, now, having that natural circumstance and the spiritual moment, then something of a miraculous event took place. Those disciples took that bread and broke it. By the way, you know the way they made that bread? It was in what was called a turmeric. It was not an oven like we normally think. It was a pot like some people have out on their patio to build a fire. And they'll, you know, and they would take that bread, wet it down, and get it sticky, and they would stick it on the sides, the insides of that pot. And that bread was cooked sticking to the insides of the pot, okay? And they took that bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and they fed one group of 50. Whoa. Another group of, whoa, and another, whoa. What happened? There was a new cause with a new effect. That natural thing saw the supernatural intervention of, of Jesus in a miraculous way and 5,000 men were fed, 20,000 if you counted the women and the children. Now, my question is this. Was God real and in the natural circumstance, the spiritual moment, or the supernatural event? My answer to that is yes. My answer is yes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's a problem. Sometimes Christians fall into some categories. There is a category of people who don't believe in the supernatural. That's not Christians. But they only believe in the natural, what they can sense with their five senses. If I can't feel it and taste it and smell it and touch it and see it, I'm not going to believe it's real. Okay? Now, we laugh at that because we know the reality of the supernatural realm. Problem is, sometimes Christians in the supernatural realm get as bad as those in the natural realm because they say, 
ooh, the natural is terrible. It's sinful. It's rotten. You don't want anything to do with the natural. It's dirty. It's filthy. I believe only in what's supernatural. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's contrary to Scripture. Because my Bible says that God is to be seen as real and involved in the natural circumstances as he is the spiritual moments like prayer and as he is the supernatural events when he raises up someone. Okay? Now I'm going to illustrate it again. My heart surgery, 1985, 45 years old. There were the natural circumstances. Those circumstances were anesthetic. I took anesthetic. Now I had to decide whether God wanted me to trust him to do it in a supernatural way or if I was to take the natural events and see what he does in them. I believed, and I think correctly so, that he wanted me to do it with a natural circumstance way. So the doctors and the nurses were involved. Anesthetic was involved. Praise God for anesthesia. When I go to the dentist and the dentist is going to drill, I'm one of these guys that pays an extra $20 to have the gas. I want to be out. I want to be under. And if they're tough in cleaning, I may want the gas before they're clean. I just don't like physical pain. I, I just don't. But the, the point simply is this. Anesthesia was point of the natural realm. The doctors and the nurses, they ministered, and they did well. St. Preston's Hospital in Tulsa took care of me. Five days later from that heart surgery, I was in my car on the road to begin a five-day Bible conference. Okay? In other words, God raised me up. I see it as a supernatural event, raising me up at the end of that entire process. So my question is this. In my heart surgery, the natural circumstances, was God's real and to be seen in that? Or the spiritual moment, because we had one. I had friends drive from Wichita Falls, come from other places. We held hands. We prayed. We asked God to anoint and use the doctors and the medicine and so on as only God can. And the supernatural event, in my opinion, the way I was raised up was an absolute supernatural miracle. God worked a miracle in my healing from my perspective, okay? Now, somebody's going to say, now, wait a minute. Are you saying that the only miracle is if you live through it? The answer is no, I'm not saying that. My good friend Ron Dunn, they had him on the table. His wasn't a heart, but it was a lung. Not even a big problem. They'd prayed over him. They'd had their spiritual moment. The natural circumstances were in the midst as the doctors ministered and all of that. And another supernatural miracle happened. You know what it was? Died. He died. Amen. God took him home. Amen. Why do I call that a supernatural event? I'll tell you why. First Corinthians chapter, uh, First Thessalonians chapter 4 says this. When, talking about when Jesus returns. Those who have died in Christ... The little word in is the word dia in the Greek. It means through or through the agency of. In other words, it's kind of like a lock with a key that goes into the lock. You turn the key and the lock opens. When a Christian dies, the scripture teaches 
that that death is only because God in a supernatural cause inserts the key, opens the lock, and death becomes the experience of a believer. Do you understand the death of a Christian is blessed in the sight of the Lord? All the miracles of God are blessed events in the sight of the Lord. Now, I know it's hard, and we are suffering on this side, but don't ever think of the death of a Christian. I mean, even in the most tragic circumstances, as something that's awful and wasn't the will of God. Listen, no Christian dies except the keys entered, the lock is open. Now, why it's the way it is? We don't have an answer to why. We'll have to wait till we get to heaven. But I can tell you this. It's a miraculous thing. So was God in the natural, in my heart? Was he in the supernatural or uh, in, the, in the spiritual moment or in the supernatural event? The answer is yes. yes. Let me illustrate it again. You're doing good following me here. I'm a motorcycle rider. I bought a new 98 Gold Wing, put all, I don't know, 50, 60,000 miles on it. Fred put most of them on it with us, the two of us. We, from my driveway to Banff, Canada and back, he and I rode. Uh, Mary and I have ridden. We've been to Snake River, uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I mean, we've been all over miles and miles and miles of motorcycling. Okay? Now, that's a natural circumstance. Mmm, the feel of that bike. The sound of that bike. In the air, riding down the... I can tell you whether the barn out there is a horse barn, cow barn, or pig barn because I've gotten used to the, the odor. And I can tell the difference. There is a... And I, there, I saw a t-shirt on the back of it that says, if you ask why, you wouldn't understand if I told you. Now, that's true of motorcycle ride. Any of you guys ride motorcycles... Isn't that true? If you ask it why, you wouldn't understand if I told you. Oh, that's a natural event. However, when we'd leave on our trips, you know what we'd do? We'd hold hands and pray, now, Lord, <laughs> there are a lot of idiots on the road. There are maniacs on the road, most of them in four-wheel cars. And, Lord, we want you, if you will, to give us traveling mercies. And sometimes Fred and I would travel all day long. We'd get in, and we'd want to have a praise, thank God session for some of the near misses and so on because, I mean, you know, there were spiritual moments in that motorcycle riding. But when I'd get home and walk in the door and hug and kiss Mary, it was like God had supernaturally with new cause and new effect allowed me to get home. It was a miracle. So in my way of thinking, as I see the scripture and what happened to me in that middle 80s where I began to understand what living life was all about. Is God in the natural circumstance, the spiritual moment, or the supernatural event? The answer is yes. One final one. You remember when your kids were little? You'd have the preacher over for lunch on Sunday. Those days don't happen anymore, but they used to. Now, when you had that preacher over with your kids little around the table... Was that a natural event? It certainly was. Lasagna, whatever. I'll never forget Ron Dunn that I mentioned who died, came to eat with us one day. We had four kids around the table. Uh, Mary set that lasagna in front of Ron, and Ron said, Mary, have we eaten? Have, are we going to eat that, or have we already? And those four kids roll with laughter. Mary managed to laugh a little bit. Ron's you know, humor was a little bit peculiar. Great guy. Great guy. You know. So anyway, uh, you have the preacher over. Uh, you have a spiritual moment. Pastor, 
would you lead us in prayer? And he does. You know, he's the official prayer anyway. I mean, you know, if anybody needs a prayer, just ask a preacher. Okay? And so he prays. And then you see a miracle. You know what that miracle is? God introduces a new cause and a new effect. Seen in the fact that your four kids act sane. <laughs> they don't act like they normally do. I mean, they don't really cause a ruckus in the presence of the preacher. They're like angels. Is that not a miracle or is it? It is, isn't it? Now, was God to be real and seen in the natural event, the spiritual moment, or the supernatural uh, event? Why, the answer is yes. In all of these little illustrations, I want you to see this one fact. The trained spirit, this is not my statement, someone else, I'm reading it, listen to it. The trained spirit in a person sees God as present and real in all of life and celebrates all of life as God's reality and God's gift to them because whether it is the natural realm or the supernatural realm, all of life is sacred in their eyes and in their heart. Now, I want to conclude, and I'm going to do it in two minutes, so listen carefully, a final word. Basically, most supernatural events are for the moment. God raised Lazarus from the dead supernaturally. But what happened to him eventually? He died. He died. Jesus healed a man with a withered arm. Stretch forth your arm. It was healed. If he lived to be 80 years old like I am, almost. What would have happened to that arm? withers up again, doesn't it? Do you understand? Miracles are for the moment. They do not last except one miracle. The miracle of the new birth. And the miracles that God works in your heart and life from that time on are just a precursor to what's going to be normal and natural in the supernatural realm. We're living in a fallen world. There's no promise that we won't have things fall on us. I went to the doctor. Skin cancer, cut off. Skin cancer, cut off. Skin cancer, cut off. Skin cancer's cut off. This is all three weeks ago. He couldn't wait till after I taught so I would at least be able to look like I didn't have surgery all the time. What happened? What happened? Oh, I sit out in the sun. I love my pool. Love the sunshine. Love to swim. There is a principle of reaping what's sown, and that's in the natural realm. And we're not exempt from reaping what's sown, okay? This is a fallen world. We're going to reap. The winds that blow sometimes turn into hurricanes and tornadoes, you know, in the natural world. And we're not exempt from them. But I can tell you this, according to Scripture, no matter what, if a Christian dies in any natural event, the key has been inserted, the lock has been opened, and a supernatural event has taken place in that believer's life. They've been transferred into the presence of God. And ladies and gentlemen, when we learn to live celebrating all of life, even the bad parts, where sometimes we reap what we sow, but we learn 
God can take the pieces of our life, put them back together, and do things that we never thought possible. And the reason is because God's in the salvage business. He's the only one I know in the human salvage business. He takes the pieces, the natural events, circumstances. Some of them we've screwed up major, messed up major. We've really done it bad. But he'll take those pieces, put them together. Oh, you'll get the cancers and you'll have the storms and you'll even die in the middle of some of them. But don't worry. God is present and God is real. In the natural circumstances, the spiritual moments, and in the supernatural events of all of our life. Amen? Amen. Uh, if I didn't make it clear, you come up uh, and we'll go through the whole thing again. Okay? <laughs> I'm just joking. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a fun day and we'll talk to you later. Steve will be back next Sunday.